I can't remember the exact day that the budget came out. It was, almost, I guess it was two weeks ago now. And uh, it, was, uh, it was quite a budget. No, it doesn't matter what your political leanings are. You cannot look at that budget and not say, wow, that's an exceptional budget. <laughs> the turnaround that we saw over the course of one year really and truly is remarkable. I've been watching budgets be released for a long, long time. And uh, that turnaround was one to remember for sure. We went from uh, a multi-billion dollar deficit to a, well, a modest surplus. I mean, half a billion dollars. It's a surplus. Uh, an incredible turnaround. Now, of course, in Alberta, we know, and there's been much discussion about the soaring price of oil and the resource revenue that the province made from that and how that gets a lot of credit in turning things around. But the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives has released a report that shows, hey, it's not just us. Most provinces in Canada suddenly in the black again. Let's get some insight into what's going on. We're going to chat with David McDonald, Senior Economist with the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. David, thanks for your time today. appreciate you joining us. Sure thing. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I mean, Alberta's not the only province seeing this deficit disappearing act, right? It's it's happening in a bunch of provinces in Canada. That's right. So six of ten provinces are going to be in surplus positions either for the year that's just ending in a couple weeks uh, or next year, uh, the 22-23 year. Um, For the provinces that do remain in deficit position, uh, three out of those four are going to have relatively low deficits in the 1% of GDP range. And so, you know, this is really a good news story at the provincial level post-pandemic, which is that the initial projections of revenue were just flat out wrong. They were just way too pessimistic in terms of uh, how much those revenues would decline because of the economic impact of COVID-19. Now, Alberta was very much rescued by um, resource revenues. And had those not, had oil prices been lower, they would probably have still been in deficit position. They did see some benefit uh, on the revenue side, just from straight up taxes, income taxes. But most of it was resource revenues, what saved them. In most of the other provinces that don't have access to that, it's just straight up uh, tax revenue. So income taxes were higher than expected on the corporate side, on the personal side, as well as uh, uh, PI, uh, um, as well as PST, provincial sales taxes were, were higher as well. Was it, uh, I know in Alberta it was, it was a pretty remarkable reversal of fortune. We were not expecting, as you say, to see a surplus uh, this year, especially where we were coming in. Um, was it as surprising in other provinces? Were they, like you say, the forecasts were clearly off, but was it as big of a turnaround in other provinces as it was in Alberta? Oh, it was huge. It wasn't just Alberta. Um, so the initial projections for deficits this year across all the provinces was an aggregate deficit of $70 billion. Um, now it looks like it'll be around $20 billion. Wow. So just like a huge change. Two-thirds too high, basically. Uh, and so these revisions are happening across the board in, in all the provinces. And so a lot of it, uh, you know, for the other provinces, is not, not as much, well, in many cases, not at all due to resource yeah. revenues and not as reliant on it. Uh, it was just due to the fact that, that economic growth in, in this last fiscal year was just so much higher than initially projected. Uh, you know, we, we saw a big increase in economic growth, particularly in the fall. Uh, a lot of the restrictions were removed, um, and so these a lot of these sectors roared back. And so this is, I mean, to some degree, the provinces were saved by additional transfers from the feds. It's a, that's playing a role. Uh, the feds tr- transferred a bunch of money for long-term care and health care and child care yep. and school reopening and so on. So that certainly helped. And the provinces didn't think they were going to get as much, and, it, you know, they got a bonus of about $8 billion dollars. 
in in this last year. Um, most of it again was was just because of economic growth, but the economic growth is tied up as well with other federal government programs. These are the programs that went to sort of jobless Canadians, went to businesses through the wage subsidy. These were actually the big. I mean, the, the Fed spent a lot more money on those programs than they did transfers to the provinces for things like health care. Uh, and what that meant is that, you know, just because you lost your job doesn't mean you stopped spending uh, because you got a CERB check. And so you said, oh, you know, I, I'm not as bad off as I would have been on EI. Uh, I'm going to keep, you know, buying pizza or I'm going to keep, uh, you know, buying stuff at a local store. And so that was an important reason why the uh, economic growth wasn't as slow as people projected. And as a result, the provinces have, in essence, benefited from it two ways, direct transfers, but also sort of indirect federal support for, for just the economy in general. So where do we go from here? I mean, as you say, things are just uh, absolutely taking off. We've got, now we're talking about inflation and all these sorts of things. And then, of mm-hmm. course, there's a situation that's happening in Eastern Europe. Um, and do, do governments, are they in a position where they can reasonably expect to see the good times continue? Let the good times roll. Um, I mean, I think that this is, you know, this is, this is not a conundrum that governments often find themselves in, which is that the cupboards aren't bare. They are full of cash. And so now the question, you know, you can't say the deficit made me do it. Therefore, you know, we can't improve long-term care. We can't have a resilient health care system. That's, the problem isn't the deficit anymore. We're often in surplus or relatively low deficit positions. And so now it's a question of how do we spend the money? What are the priorities? Are the priorities tax cuts, um, which aren't going to, yeah. Sort of try to try to address the lessons of COVID nineteen, like we had atrocious death rates in long term care. Our healthcare system is not sufficiently resilient for future waves uh, of this pandemic or another pandemic. We we just we are not ready for more waves. And so do we say, oh, those lessons we can ignore them now because COVID's not hitting us. You know, we're going to spend the money on tax cuts or whatever, uh, or should you know, or should we spend that money on healthcare and long term care or or other issues, right? Like climate change, which really took a backseat to the pandemic over the past two years. Yeah, that's that's the question. What do we do now that things are a little bit better? Really interesting stuff, David. Thank you so much. Appreciate you joining us. Thanks for having me. That's David McDonald, who is the Senior Economist at the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. And yeah, um, of course, our Premier already feeling um, some of the discussion from municipalities. Municipalities are having their annual conference uh, this week, and the Premier addressed them yesterday. He was talking to municipal leaders and saying, yeah, okay, now that we're doing really well, we've got money rolling in faster than we know what to do with it, don't everybody get in line and start looking for money. He knows that that happens, that's the way things work, but he's saying, we're not there yet. All of you have a very long shopping list, and many of you are very effective at communicating those community priorities to us, and that's your job. And we appreciate it. And we're always happy to listen. I think we have to be, as Albertans, we have to be prudent, though. It would be terribly imprudent of us to assume that we are going to see these high and sustained energy prices for years to come. And who knows? Who knows? This may be our last energy boom. We should act accordingly. So there you go.